Welcome to the Leading on Purpose podcast with Jackie, where you will hear stories of passion, purpose, and leadership designed to inspire you to live your best life. So let's get started. Dear God, thank you for everyone that is listening to this podcast and for our guest. I ask that you give everyone favor and help them live their best life. Keep this in mind. You will never influence the world by being just like it. So be yourself, be authentic, because the world needs you. Now let's hear from our guest. I am really excited to talk to Shannon Ekman today, who is going to talk about Leadership Focus 2022. How are you today, Shannon? I'm great, and I'm so happy to be with you. Well, great. Well, I'm happy to have you. This topic is going to be very, very interesting. When we were preparing for this session, I I told you this may turn into a personal coaching session, but that's okay. (laughs) We're going to get started. So Shannon, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, I am an executive coach and I work for an organization called Building Champions. Uh, We're headquartered out here in Oregon, but have uh, coaches really all over North America And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm in the job I think I waited my whole career for. So I absolutely love um, helping business executives really uh, figure out how to become the best version of themselves and figure out how to be sustainable in that. So Shannon, you you know, we've had the privilege of working together um, in my previous role, but why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself personally also? Sure. Well, the thing that I think so many people can identify with is when I thought about how my life was going to look when I was graduating from college, uh, and now that I'm in my 50s, it looks nothing like what I thought it was going to be, Uh, both through a combination of um, marriage and uh, my first husband passed away of cancer Uh, getting deep into my career, um, and then much later on, finding a second husband who had a bonus daughter for me. Uh, And so now I feel like I'm living my best life, but I'm also understanding that life throws you hard left-hand turns. And it's not the perfect life when none of that happens. It's the perfect life when you figure out how to navigate that. Oh, wow. that's that's a beautiful scene. And first of all, I'm really sorry about losing your first husband. Uh, and certainly I know that has to be was really, really challenging. Um, so you said that, you know, like you said, life throws you challenges and it's about how you navigate those challenges. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself also from a professional perspective? You mentioned that you're, you're, you have your dream job right now. Mm-hmm. So tell the listeners just a little bit more about what you do. I know you said you're an executive coach. You work with individuals. I think you work with organizations, but just share a little bit more about what you do. Sure. So I've been with Building Champions for nine years and um, everyone uh, curates their practice a little bit differently. So for me, um, I see just over 40 clients right now in one-on-one relationships. Typically, Uh, Those are executives, so people who are vice presidents on up to CEOs. Uh, And and then we also do what we call live coaching days, where it's a deep dive, uh, where we take 
a day and make progress that we really couldn't do in the normal cadence of coaching. But in addition to that, um, I work with uh, teams and corporations helping with their executive retreats, helping with conflict resolution, and just helping to move organizations forward um, in a team setting, because oftentimes live with a team, things will bubble up uh, that you're able to help them work through. And so I really have a combination of all three of those. Wow, really, really important and impactful work that you do, Shannon. You know, I'm going to go back to you to what you said about your life and just challenges that are thrown at you and how you address them. So certainly, we all know over the last couple of years, we've had many, many challenges thrown at us that we did not anticipate, and we've had to navigate through those. So how over the last two and a half years or so, Shannon, how have you evolved? You know, I would say the number one thing that that I personally benefited from and that I work with with clients is helping to figure out what am I thinking, feeling and believing about what's happening, because everything I do, the relationships I build, the the decisions I make, the results I get, that is all fueled by what I'm thinking, feeling and believing about the pandemic about uh, what's happening in the world in regard to race and strife and war. What am I thinking? And how is that impacting my feelings? And what am I believing about future possibility? Because that's going to drive what I do from there. Yeah, thinking, feeling and believing that is really, really um, important. I love what you said about that. And I want you to build on that a little bit, Shannon. So you know, we're yeah, two and a half years, you know, into the pandi- pandemic, not to mention so many other things that have happened over the last couple of years and so many things that continue to happen, even with the recent shootings. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's just so much that um, I-, I believe people are still struggling. You know, we don't, may not want to talk about it, but the truth is we've gone through too much to not have something that has changed inside of us. Mm-hmm. So what are you finding with your clients and people that you talk to? What are they still struggling with, Janet? Yeah. You know, I think it's that idea of being overwhelmed that for many of us, when we first entered into the pandemic in March of 2020, it is such a good thing. We had no idea how long it was going to be. I, I remember thinking, okay, Two weeks. I can do this for two weeks, three weeks. All right. I'm going to get a little crazy, but I can do it for three weeks. And then it just kept going, kept morphing, kept getting worse and different. And and it was almost like you were holding your breath and then realizing you were going to have to take a breath because this was lasting forever. And in the midst of that, then other things happening uh, in, in the murder of George Floyd in the school shootings that have happened more recently, all of these things, it felt like it was just kept coming, like waves crashing over people. And I found that people took a couple different approaches to it. One was just to numb out, like just sort of, I am in my own little world and none of this um, I I have an opinion on, I'm just gonna hunker down. Other people, there was anger, And so much anger, you didn't even know where to point it at because so much was happening that was out of our control. And I think things 
that we never thought we would see happen. And so it, it everything that we do just as people to um, engage ourselves, to practice self-care, to do things that help us move forward, um, they weren't enough. And so people were struggling with, what do, what do I do? Because this is not ending. So how do I get through this for myself, for my colleagues, for my family? How, how do I do this? And with that, Shannon, like, how do you think, like, so what are some life changes that people have made as a result of this? I mean, we, we keep hearing about the great resignation, you know, people are making different decisions about how they want to live, where they want to work, how they want to work. And companies are losing people, companies are needing to reevaluate the flexibility they offer. So what are you seeing as far as some of the life changes? And then I also want to build on, and I know we're going to get to it, like, how do we navigate this, this world we're living in now? But first of all, like, what type of life changes are you seeing people making? You know, it, it's been sort of the, the cycle. At, at first you saw, you know, everyone was uh, baking bread and gardening and <laughs> changing, you know, their, their outside of their house. So we were going through all of that for a while. Um, th- the good thing is you kind of saw, I, I don't know about you, but I'm a walker. So I would walk every day after work and you could kind of see the Peloton trucks pulling up to people's houses, dropping them off in people's garage, like people were into that because we're made to be in relationship. So if I need to get on my Peloton and look at the screen and say, okay, I'm doing this with a bunch of other people, that was helpful. So there were things like that, that people were doing, but there was also this idea of, Our lives, whether we constructed it this way or not on purpose, um, we we live in little bites. And what was happening is everything was coming together. So if your families, if your whoever you um, live with, husband, wife, partner, um, if that relationship wasn't rock solid, you couldn't get away from them during the pandemic. And so things really got strained. And, and you saw that whole thing going on. And then as a parent of a teenager, watching your children go through online school for months and months and months and what was happening to their mental health, it was taking all of us, I think, to new places. So there, there was that idea of what do I do about this? Because honestly, a lot of this is out of my control, whatever's coming at me. What I can control is my response to it, but I don't know what to do. And so more and more people sharing along those lines. We, we saw um, counseling and therapy skyrocket because people needed to talk these things through. Um, so we we're seeing a lot of that. As we get close to the end of the pandemic and watching the, the back to work debate that's been going on. The thing that I have found most helpful um, when companies engage in this is why are we asking our employees to come back to work, not just come back to work or come back two days or three days or every once in a while, but get to the why, because people want to understand what did we lose? Because we certainly did lose some things during the pandemic as far as workplace culture, cross-functional work together. It, it just was happening so differently. 
But I don't think we can simply tell people you have to come back because that's what we do. That, that people are looking for the why, they're looking for something deeper, and they want to make more intentional choices with their life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the why is always important. And people want to understand why they're being asked to do something or why something can or cannot happen. So the why is definitely extremely important. And Shannon, you know, um, you know, recently my son got married and I, and I know prior to the wedding, I was struggling with how I navigated like just my risk of being exposed to COVID. And it was actually a real struggle for me because we were having some meetings at work and I was like, do I ask to be, to not attend because of my, you know, concern about COVID or do I, am I being too cautious? And so it was like, it was a real struggle that I did not, I never had to think about something like that before. So I know when we were preparing for this, we talked a little bit about that. How do, how do you help people get through that? You know, to know that COVID is real. There's a lot of things that are real, but we don't always want to face it. So how do we navigate through it? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, we saw this a lot with our executive clients where some folks wanted to keep traveling. Some people did not want to wear a mask. In fact, you know, some parts of the country, I'm not sure they think the pandemic ever happened. And so you've got, because we're really a global society, you were dealing with people across the spectrum on how they were navigating this. And in some ways, the fear that it was producing in them Um, I know, you know, in telling people that fear is real. You know, I can't tell you every week when I'm on Zoom with clients, folks are still coming down with COVID regularly. Mm -hmm. People who maybe made it through the two and a half years have COVID now. Like it's not an unreal uh, concern. And so helping people figure out both, what do I want to do? Because I am in charge of the decisions I make, the masks I wear, how I handle myself and the people around me. The challenge has been because of our sort of social and political environment, we are not tolerant of people who make different choices than us. And so if people are wearing a mask now, we're like, why are you still wearing a mask? Why are you so afraid? And and then you had people the whole time in the grocery store who didn't want to wear a mask and were willing to argue and fight with the poor people who were just doing their job trying to enforce these mandates. So I look at that and say, we have to redevelop that compassion muscle where we don't have to agree or understand what other people are doing. We do have the opportunity to remain in relationship with them. And if corporations can agree with that, individual executives who are guiding their way forward into the future with strategy and vision, it also has to include, there are new pieces that we're navigating that are not going away. And the more you ignore them, the more you leave your individual employees in a bit of a quandary because they're not sure whether this organization is going to support their individual needs. So that ties in real nicely to my next question, which, you know, this is about Leadership Focus 2022. So how, what should leaders be doing differently? 
now as a result of everything that we have gone through over the last couple of years. And I, you know, I think about, you know, sometimes I feel like people have just tried to hit the reset button and go back to 2020 and start to operate as though we haven't been through major trauma as a society. And I don't think that's the right thing to do. So, so talk about that, Shannon. How, what should leaders be doing differently now and, and intentional, intentional about, you know? Right. You know, I think, first of all, view the last two and a half years as a turbocharged lesson, that there are things, there's perspective that we have on people, on the environment, on our global society, on how we do business. We never would have gotten this insight without these last two and a half years. So how do we view that as something that we move into the future with, as opposed to trying to pretend it didn't happen or drawing some line in the sand and saying, okay, now we're moving forward, use that wisdom, use that experience. And then the next piece is set strategy. Don't leave your people in kind of this status quo mode because everyone wants to move forward, but you have to cast a new vision. Because even if you were a careful visionary strategic planner prior to this, COVID supply chain issues, the global economy has blown much of that up. Get back to that discipline. Inspire your team that you have a vision of the future. It's exciting. It's profitable. They're included. And you can begin to move your people forward in a positive sense. But it comes down to, do you believe the future has promise? Because as a leader, if you don't, your team is never going to overtake you in that regard. You set the bar, you set the vision, and you invite your team to that. That will make all the difference. But the leader has to do that work first. Can you break that down even further, Shannon, and, and share a practical way that a leader would do that? Give an example, a specific example, if you can. Sure. Well, I'll, I'll give you two. Um, one is I do a lot of work in the mortgage bank banking industry. They are obviously going through a really tough time right now. Um, housing prices are skyrocketing. Interest rates are going up and inventory is at an all-time low. And so over the past two years, that industry was making record amounts of money. Now, all of a sudden, they're needing to lay people off um, and, and tighten up their organization and really get back to the basics. And, and a lot of mortgage bankers have not had to do that really since 0708, when that last major recession hit and the housing industry was at the forefront of that. So with those people, we are going in and saying to them, um, Although this is such a challenging time, for those of you who have been through the cycle before, you have to talk about that communication, normalizing what's happening and giving room for people to not only express their fears, but to set a plan. Because what is the scariest is when it's like when you get a cancer diagnosis, but you don't have a treatment plan yet. You've got this big piece of bad news and you don't know what the move forward options are. We're wired that way. We need to know what's the move forward option that moves us through this, 
sustainably. One of my clients just said this week, um, as a leader, his responsibility is alignment is a daily action item. So you have to be connecting with your people every day, helping to make sure they understand that you recognize current reality, you have a vision for the future and a plan to get there. That is growth towards sustainability. People need to know not only are we going to be here, but we're going to be here in an even better way. So mortgages, one, because they're right on the front line of this. The other one, though, is uh, we work with an organization that's had a major changeover in their um, senior most leadership. And so what's coming in is this uh, idea of inspiring vision. And so how do you take what's happening right now and say, where, where are we moving forward? And, and do can we paint a picture so clear? I always use the family reunion photo idea. You, you get a big picture. There's like 100 of you in it. The first thing I do is I look for myself. Are my eyes open? Am I smiling? Do I know who's standing around me? And that's what leaders are painting right now. Paint the picture so that your team can say, I'm in that picture. He or she needs me to help achieve that vision. I got to show up. I got to show up and drive my line of business so that we can become that company that my leader has so clearly painted in front of me. So, so that's really powerful. A couple things that I'm thinking about, Shannon. So one is, I feel like for the most part, and this is a generalization, but I think it's pretty common, is that we tend to move so fast in companies. We tend to be extremely execution oriented. Yeah. So it's like getting, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, you know, <laughs> I just, you know, the whole alphabet done. Like how, what advice would you give leaders to help slow down right now, mm -hmm. to slow down, refocus, you know, to look forward? What would be your advice there? I think we have to look at leaders who have not given up on the non-negotiable of that time to reflect and to strategize. Most people are so busy um, in that firefighting and execution mode. And, and let's be honest, that mode is extremely satisfying because you can check things off. You are working through your day left, right, and center. Yep, that's Strategy true. and vision is time. And it's, it's sort of like dropping your brain into a different level to say, from my perspective, what do I see? And how can I be almost bifocal in my vision? Understanding and, and um, aligning with what current reality looks like so that my team knows I get it and I'm engaged. And then stepping out and saying, I do get it. And here's what I see. Even in light of this, that's what I see. How do I help you get there? If leaders don't view that as one of the most important things they do, they're, they're going to lose the right, lose the right to lead, lose the right to be followed, because people want to know that you see something more than what they do. It takes practice and discipline. And, and if you can get in the groove of that, it's also refreshing. And you provide new thinking, new ideas, new invitations, but you have to do it. You have to fight for it 
Priority management doesn't mean everything magically folds onto your Outlook calendar. It means if strategy is important, it's the first thing you lay on your calendar. It's what you're willing to go to the mat for, even if people misunderstand and wish that you were in a meeting and you're out somewhere else thinking your big thoughts, you have to do that. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I totally agree with that. One other question I have for you, as I I noticed that I was actually listening to another podcast, even, you know, I listened to a lot of podcasts and we're talking on that podcast. They were talking about some people, some leaders not knowing the path forward. So Mm -hmm. as a leader, because we have gone through so many unknowns and things that we did not expect, if a leader's not sure about the vision forward, what should that leader do? Yeah, you know, that, first of all, I think most leaders find themselves there, especially coming out of where we've just been. Two things come to mind, and I I don't want to sound like a salesperson, but get a coach, (laughs) talk to someone about this. Because in reality, if, if we could look around, we would see many senior leaders, many CEOs, in that position right now, but in that senior most level of leadership, you're not talking to many people. So you don't understand that there's folks around you feeling similarly. The second thing that we've begun to do is what we call um, CEO roundtables, where we invite a, a group of CEOs across the country, sometimes it's global, and we lead them through conversations with CEOs from very different industries. And they talk together and begin to realize, I'm not alone, this is a struggle, but they also share about what's working for them. And that seems to help as well. Okay, those are all really, really, really great ideas. So Shannon, I'm gonna um, shift gears for a couple of minutes here and I'm gonna ask you some fun questions. And I want you to just answer with the first thing that comes to mind, okay? Sounds good. Okay, what food could you never give up? Pizza. Pizza. That was quick. (laughs) What kind of pizza? What's your favorite? Uh, Give me a good pepperoni and mushroom and I'm a happy camper. Okay. I love pizza also. What about your favorite song to sing when no one is listening? Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm a faith girl from way back. So I will be belting out some old hymns, which I know makes me sound totally dorky, but If I need to cheer myself up, I'm singing Amazing Grace or How Great Thou Art. And I know that sounds crazy, but those are my love language and makes me happy. I love it. Amazing Grace is a a (laughs) classic. Love it. And then, Shannon, if you could pick any star to play, to star in a movie about your life, who would it be? Any star that would be play you as a character Um, in a movie about your life, who would that be? Gosh, that is such a good question. You know, I kind of am really liking Toni Collette right now. I don't know if you've seen stuff with her in it. She's in that uh, docudrama called The Staircase right now. I love her. So I always want someone who's like, hey, that must be what Shannon looks like. So (laughs) Toni Collette's my gal. Okay, beautiful. Okay, Shannon, a couple more questions and then we'll be wrapping up. Um, So throughout this, we talked about just 
all the changes that we've experienced and how important it is to definitely pause. We just talked about that. How do you invest in yourself um, you know, to make sure that you're able to help others navigate this world that we're living in today? You know, I went through a time at the end of last year where I really realized that I was not doing that. I wasn't taking enough care of myself and so felt like you can only give away what you personally possess and the well was running a little dry. So I found a couple things. One is to realize that self-care is a real thing. It's not just doing nothing or, you know, getting a pedicure. It's what actually helps me recharge. Um, And so for my husband and I, it's getting away regularly because through the pandemic, we both have home offices. And so I can be several days in a row sort of in the same space. I need to see different things, take in whether it's nature, going for a hike, wine tasting. We live right next to Oregon wine country. We love to go wine tasting. Um, And then planning things. I love to look forward to what's the next vacation? What's the next thing we're going to see? I love that because it always gives me kind of the next piece to look forward to. And the other thing, because I'm not young, is guess what? We all got older kind of in presidential years during the pandemic. It's like, you know, you looked at Barack Obama when he went in and when he came out, he'd aged in dog years. Well, I kind of feel like we did too. So we have to take even more care and view that as a priority, not just something we try to tuck in if it fits. Yeah. I love what you said about the self-care about it's not just about resting or going somewhere. It's about finding out what fills you back up. That is so true because, you know, for some people it might be sleeping for other people, it might be spending the day out at the beach or dancing or whatever, but it's knowing what works for you. Yeah, I, I love that. And then Shannon, what is the, the best and worst leadership advice that you have been given? You know, when you sent me that question, I was like, oh, good question. Best advice um, from the best leader I ever worked for was a gentleman named Dr. Jay Barber. And he said, always focus on people. People are the way to everything else. Care for them challenge them, but your people are your most precious resource. So that was the best. The worst uh, was a leader who would constantly say, um, don't cry and don't show emotion in the workplace. I have ended up finding, especially going through the last two and a half years, people have gotten to the end of their rope. If we are not a space that knows how to handle that, and care for people and help them deal with it while they're moving forward, we are missing the boat. And guess what? People are voting with their letters of resignation. So focus on people and realize that their mental health and their emotions are a real thing right now. Absolutely. Definitely they are. Um, Shannon, in closing, any final thoughts for leaders? And I say all people are leaders, but how to best navigate our new our new world and both personally and professionally? The thing, I'm always a recommender of books. And the, the book that I read this year that really helped me with my own mindset was a book called Chatter. 
uh, and it's by uh, a person named Ethan Cross. And he talks about how do we harness the voices in our head and wh whether they're helping us to uh, believe in, in more than we thought we were capable of, but also quieting down that chatter, whether it leads us to imposter syndrome or I'm, I'm too exhausted and tired to do this, or I, I don't belong in this room, I'm never going to be enough, helping people and say, you're not alone in that. So how do we help people understand the power of our brains and the way that we think and how we can funnel that in to more positive thinking and really become sages rather than dealing with what feels like it sabotages our behavior? Yeah, I love it. I'll have to definitely get that book. It sounds like a great read. So Shannon, thank you so much for your time. This has been extremely valuable. So how can people get in contact with you, Shannon? I would love it if they would do that. Um, definitely through our Building Champions website, or you can reach out directly to me at shannon.ekman at buildingchampions.com. Great. And we'll definitely have that in the show notes. But this has been extremely valuable, Shannon. Thank you so much. Thank you for the work that you're doing for leaders out there, executives, CEOs. You're amazing. So thank you, Shannon.